Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, dear brothers and sisters. Welcome back to the Reader's Podcast in the Dunya. You're here with the three hosts, and we got a special guest, SQ6B2. What it do? Oh, you already know. How you doing, brother? Alhamdulillah, bro. I see, I see you got that light skin look on you. Hell, I see that. I see you got that light skin. You came in with that intro, like nice and soft. Okay, I see that. I like that. I like that intro, baby. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, for today's uh, podcast, Fire, why don't you uh, cue them in? What are we going into today? Yeah, well, why don't you tell them what I told you before? I don't remember anything you told me before, bro. <laughs> bro, to be honest, we're just going to freestyle with SQ. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. when I found you, I don't remember how. Uh Oh, wait, I do, bro. It's SQ, so it's going to be some clickbaity title, some clickbaity thumbnail. You know, just, hey, just hey clickbaity thumbnails and titles sensationalize. That's what we need. Why not? It What's works, the, bro. It works. Good, though. Was the video good, though? That's the question. Oh, it was yeah. really good, bro. Alhamdulillah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mashallah. And it was, it was something like just, you know, asking non-Muslims or strangers about Islam. One of those, right? It was, I think it was quizzing strangers in New York for an iPad, I believe. Something like that. Mm. Or it was some AirPods or something like that. Okay. And I saw it and I was like, bro. Me going in, I'm like, bro, these non-Muslims, they're not going to know anything. They're not going to know the answers because you're not asking basic questions. Like, uh, for example, uh, do Muslims pray? Yes or no? No, it was like it was mm. more in depth. And a lot of them got the yeah. answers on point. There was yeah, one too yeah, where yeah, there was yeah. a guy, he was like, it was really hype. And I like the way you did it. It, mm. it makes non-Muslim audiences really follow and learn something, but in an emotional yeah. and provocating okay. way. So they won't forget it. Right? Thank so you. mashallah, man. Thank you. I appreciate that, man. I'm happy that you got to view that video. Um, that's just one of obviously many that I have out there, but at the same time, it's just one of those videos that I always wanted to do, you know, and I'm waiting for last time. I just went to Times Square to do this PS5 video, but it started raining on me, so I couldn't really do that. But inshallah for Eid, uh, I have a really nice video coming out, inshallah, and then we're going to Palestine as well, too. So there's a lot of projects going on right now. So just just stay tuned. There's a lot of videos there, but I'm humbled by your kindness, bro. And thank you for clicking. I appreciate you watching and, uh, and then leading on to another thing or another two things or not. But I appreciate you guys, man. Yeah, don't, bro, don't ever feel any type of way either for uh, working the system and doing the uh, clickbaity stuff. Because it's like, <laughs> dude, yeah, at the end of the day, your intention is there. And you're spreading dawah in a way that's actually working the system. Because you already know how YouTube is. You already know how yeah. social media is. It's yeah. just the way people work. Yeah. It's a psychology. Yeah. And you're tapping into it, it bro. So don't For ever... Sure. Uh, For sure, bro. And you know what? Be... Honestly, I don't I don't feel like... Like in the beginning, I guess like way back when, I used to feel like, you know, people would be like, oh, it's cute, you're clickbaiting. Like, am I really though? Like you're clicking on something. You're enjoying the content behind it. So I don't think I really was. Uh, but if there's a really catchy thumbnail, look, I'm competing against how many people, right? Mm -hmm. For you to scroll, how many times do you go through your YouTube feed and scroll through a video and you don't even click it? Every right? day, bro. Every I'm competing day. with that. You know, I'm competing with that. And then on top of it, I'm trying to basically help Muslims rediscover their and develop their Islamic identity. It's not an easy thing to do. So I need to make sure that I'm doing it the most. And bro, there's, I don't care how clickbaity it is, you know, at the end of the day, views and everything comes from Allah. I have so many other videos that are clickbaity, but they don't have the same amount of views or impact that that video one video has. So it's not even about that. Even you could have the best thumbnail, the best title, everything going for you. But 
it's in the hands of Allah at the end of the day. And you just can't be stressing it too much. You just got to be aggressive and just put the content out and just make it a banger. And Allah uh, sorts mm-hmm. out the rest. That's facts. That's well, facts, man. Mashallah. May Allah put barakah and, and khair in all your projects and, and I mean, accept it. I mean, mm-hmm. thank you. Thank you. And same for you guys, man. I know I see you guys grinding on the YouTube scene as well. You guys are working hard. Mashallah. I like that. You know, I always respect mm-hmm. the hustle and the grind of people who are, you know, just going against all odds. You guys are making a name for yourself. You guys are getting some great guests, mashallah. Like, you know, it clearly is catching some traction. And I'm just happy for your future, guys. And I'm, I'm really excited for that. And I, I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to, you know, not only accept your actions, but elevate you guys. Allahumma ameen. SubhanAllah. When, when I first came across your content, or at least when it first really, you know, hit me, um, it was your revert story or, or, you know, your at least coming to Islam story. Because mm. not everyone who comes to Islam, you know, is necessarily a revert. From Like myself, for example, Fahad, for example, we were born into Islam, but it never really clicked for us and, you know, till later in life. Mm. So I heard the story, subhanAllah, you went to, uh, to Pakistan and, you know, it was during Ramadan and you felt, you know, the vibes there and, and you know, wow. the rest is history. SubhanAllah. I appreciate Rami, man. Rami going in right now. Okay. <laughs> Rami been doing some, some real note-taking. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> Habibi, the video was just so, the story was so well told, mashallah. Just one of those, you know, stories that stick with you, SubhanAllah. So, um, Allah, it really, it really hit me because I didn't have a similar experience, but you know, when you hear a story like that, you're just like, subhanAllah, you know, you take the, some, so many of us take the deen for granted and to turn this into a, a question, because I want to get your opinion on this. Let's say there are brothers out there in a similar situation where like they're Muslim, but it's more by more of Muslim by name, less by action. So what would you say to, to brothers looking to, you know, discover their deen or, you know, to, to get onto Islam inshallah and to fully submit to Allah? You know what, bro? I think that one thing that's interesting about me, and I'm not that interesting, but like one position that I play really well, alhamdulillah, is um, if a person is doing the jahiliyyah, I have enough experience to let you know what it's all about and to call you back, if that makes sense. Uh, if a person's interested in doing the jahiliyyah, they can live vicariously through me so they don't have to experience that pain and that turmoil that a person goes through and coming back to the deen. So I feel like I play this role where a person who's not on the deen can see someone as a example to come back. And I think that there's way better examples than me out there. You know, I would never claim that I am the best one, but there's so many other examples out there. But I like to think of it more from the perspective of, you know, like I understand people to a degree where I, I know what they're going through and because I can vibe with them a little bit, I can relate to them. I think it makes them a little bit more easier to come back. But going back to the question that you're talking about, about how do you call someone back? I think that it really comes down to valuing Allah, valuing your salah. And a lot of times people don't have values when it comes to these things. Like, you know, they might appreciate it, but they don't value it. And, you know, think about something that you've ever valued, right? Like I remember valuing uh, a, a specific sneaker drop that would come out and I'd be in those lines, bro, at the hajjit time, forget all that, the hajjit time, before the hajjit time, waiting in lines for the, like the latest Jordan drop or whatever it is I was looking for at the time is because I valued that more than I valued my sleep. You feel me? So I valued these things. Hence, I made an extra effort. I wasn't lazy with it. You know, I valued what I was going to get from me waking up early to do that. So any person who's not really on their dean right now, because that can change in a heartbeat, the same way the magicians changed in a heartbeat when they saw Musa, 
it could change. The heart is very soft and it could turn by the permission of Allah. I would say that you're feeling lazy towards your salah because you don't value your salah. You don't value what it has to offer for it to you. Because if you and I start counting the times how much the hajjit helped us out, how much the salah helped us out, we'd be like, yo, we know it's a winner. That's why we keep going back to it. You feel me? Like we keep repeating that process because we know how powerful it is because we've seen the miracles that came from it. So my advice to someone would be, don't go to Salah as in like, you know, you're going to get something from it. The real question is, what can you give? What can you give to the Salah? And for those of us who are living in the Jahiliyyah, in that really, you know, fast lane, as I like to call it sometimes, you know, Salah really slows you down. It calms you down and it helps you in whatever you're doing. So even if you're just using Salah to help yourself out, I think a person should just approach it. Yeah. 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 SubhanAllah. Um, you know, it reminds me of something my teacher uh, told us that he actually, he heard from uh, our Sheikh. And it was basically, you know, a lot of people who have not mental illnesses, but, you know, they're mentally strained in some ways. They're mentally exhausted. Um, they try all these different um, acts like, you know, meditation and all these different things. And not, I'm not going to say they don't work, but um, one tip he gave us is, you know, take at least one prayer of the day. And when you pray it, pray it nice and slow. Mashallah. Read it. Take your time. Even if it takes you five minutes to read Surah Fatiha alone, take your time with it. And, and really focus on it. And I did that just once. And subhanAllah, the the tranquility and the the contentment that you feel after something like that is so beautiful, subhanAllah. And it just, it, it begs one question, which is you know, like, how many people are missing out on something like that, subhanAllah? Mm. Because we're mm. so caught in what's being sold to us Facts. that Facts. we ignore, you know, subhanAllah, what we have easy access to. And... Uh, What's the most beneficial to us, subhanAllah? And, you know, the truth is, my bro, is that people are missing out all because of themselves. You know what I mean? Like, there's something amazing, literally, a Quran, you know, you know, calmness to the person's heart. It's sitting right there, but you're not going to it. The salah is right there. You could bow your head just one time and feel the calmness. But if you're not approaching it, it just shows that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is keeping something away from you. There's something about us that we got to purify some tazkiyah there's something about us that's stopping us from picking up that quran anyone who's out there not reading quran thinking that it's up to them and their choice la that's what you think because you're gassed up you think wrong the truth is allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not allowing your hands to touch the most blessed mushaf the blessed pages in the world because there's something with you there's a, an intention that you got to come with this salah because it it sort of unravels itself for you when you come with the right niya, the right intention. If you come to it like, all right, I'm going to just try it out. I did it. It doesn't work. There's so many people like that. I tried to pray. It didn't work, SQ. Or I tried to read the Quran. It did nothing for me. Because you ask and you shall find. And whatever you look for, you're going to find. And whatever you don't look for in earnest, you're going to find too. You know, you're not really looking for the answer. You're just, you know, playing the role like you did it. But the truth of the matter is that when you're actually trying it out, like your Scott, your, your teacher told you, my bro, to try it out, you tried it out with all earnestness and look how it helped you. Versus a skeptic, a person who doesn't really believe, but not even like in the religion, but believe in this advice. They tried like, yo, I tried it. It didn't work. Like, nah, you didn't try it right. True story. A man came to the messenger, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and he complained about a headache, right? Just a regular headache. So the messenger, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, told him, listen, have some honey and come back. You'll feel better, right? We know honey has shifa, 
black seeds have shifa, zamzam has shifa. There's so much shifa in, uh, you know, in the sunnah prophetic ways. So the man goes back home, comes back to the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and complains, say, Ya Rasulullah, it didn't work. My head still hurts. The messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that your head has lied to you. Your body has lied to you. Try it again. So he goes back, he does it again, comes back, same results. He said, no, that your head is lied to you. Go try it again. Until he kept doing it, until he comes back to the Prophet and says, Ya Rasulullah, my headache is cured. And then he tells him that your body has told the truth. When we approach something with true appreciation, true belief, tawakkul, believe me, it will work because it is from the sunnah. It is from Allah Azawajal. But if you approach it as a skeptic, it's not going to work for you. It's not going to unravel and unlock itself for you. Mashallah. Subhanallah. That's that's really profound. You know, Allah, it really uh it really puts it into perspective, subhanAllah. Um I heard this this story once, um, it reminded me of it. Um, where a man went to work and everyone at work, they it was like an experiment. Everyone he passed by said, Oh, you look sick today, you look sick today, you look sick today. And at first he's like, No, I'm fine, I'm fine. You know, otherwise, like, yeah, I'm feeling a little ill. After five, six people, maybe he's like you know, I, I am feeling a bit sick. I, you know, I think I need to go home. And it's like, subhanAllah, you know, his body literally tricked him into thinking that he's sick. And it's very similar to the hadith the Prophet said, um, I'm going to paraphrase because I don't remember exactly, but he basically said, um, um, it, basically that if you say you're sick when you're not, then you will be sick. Wow. Yeah. And it's, it's like, the, it's the power of our words, right? Yeah, our yeah. speech, guys, is extremely powerful. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes it a point to mention in the Quran, right? He taught you how to speak. He gave you intelligence. Yet so many of us think that our words are not powerful. Tell a child a few times that they suck. I wonder what's going to happen to them. Tell a child that they're worthless. People complaining about their self-esteem. Parents are doing their children a disservice. Parents are telling their children, you're wrong, you're this, you're that. It gets ingrained in their heads because our Words are powerful. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taught the human being how to speak. And the Messenger وسلم, told us what? In Hadith Nabawi, that hey, if you have nothing kind to say, nothing good to say, remain silent. He understood the power of our words. He understood how our words can actually impact us. So, like you're saying, my bro, if you're sick, you're sick, it eventually will come true. It tells your entire molecular, your 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 physiology that you know, I'm sick. There's something wrong with me. I'm sick, and you start going down that path. So forget about the stuff that our parents have maybe told us. What about the things that we tell ourselves? Mm. Right? How many times have we told ourselves that I'm sick, but maybe especially sick? This email while I was waiting for you. While I was waiting for you, I got this email. Brother SQ, I feel like Allah hates me. I feel like Allah hates me. Well, if you keep telling yourself that Allah hates you, what kind of mentality are you going to have about Allah? What kind of mindset are you going to have? How are you going to view Allah when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that he is to his servant as he believes him to be? Allah hates me. Allah's punished me. Allah's this. Because you keep telling, you have this negative self-talk. So if our words are in speech is so powerful with other people, imagine how many times we're cursing ourselves. We're being our worst enemies. We got to really switch that up and be careful how we use our speeches. Yeah, subhanAllah, 100%, 100%, wallah, very motivating. And let this be a lesson to myself, you know, the three of us and to uh, everyone watching, subhanAllah. And now I want to use this as a, as a point to move into my next question, which is about dealing with people with emotional intelligence. I know, I, I heard that, mashallah, you were a school teacher. Maybe perhaps you still are. Alhamdulillah. Yes, alhamdulillah. alhamdulillah. We're on summer vacation. 
summer break, <laughs> a little needed, a little rest, you know, just because it gets crazy, especially with COVID this year. But alhamdulillah, yeah. yes, those will be. MashaAllah. It reminds me, um, I once heard that all the prophets were sheep herders at one point because they had to mm. learn how to lead the flock before they learned how to lead humanity and their, their people. Mm. And subhanAllah, mm. I think there's a lot of khair and a lot to be learned from people who have jobs oriented around um, guiding people, teaching people, keeping them organized and helping them grow. And, you know, children out of all people, subhanAllah, could actually be the most difficult and the most severe because you're actually helping them morph into who they're going to become in the future. So sure. what would you say is the most or some of the most important uh, traits to have when dealing with people to motivate them, to, to make them feel better and to just deal with them with emotional intelligence? I think that reminding people and ourselves that you believe in them. You get what I mean? Like that's what the messenger وسلم, was so good at. He was the ultimate emotionally intelligent being ever, like the best human being ever, the most emotionally intelligent human being ever, because he made sure that he gave everyone value to a degree where a companion came to the messenger وسلم, and he asked him who his favorite person was. And the messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa kept on rattling off names. And the person's name he never got mentioned because, you know, he just wasn't at that rank. And, you know, the messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa was going to tell him. But the reason he even asked the messenger, alayhi salam, is because he thought that his name was going to get mentioned in it because he felt so special. And the messenger always made people feel special. So I think that one thing that helps motivate people, one thing that helps encourage people is showing that you believe in them, showing that you see a quality in them that they might not be able to see themselves. I mean, ask yourselves, guys, right? You have this podcast now, but this really came about from someone else encouraging you to do it. If you think about it, like amongst each other, yo, we got to do this. We got to do this. We got to do this until someone's like, yo, yeah, really got to do this because an outside perspective brings a different type of belief in you. It allows you because we view ourselves with a specific ceiling right over here, but someone else sees you for beyond that and they push your ceiling a little higher. So I'd say one thing that really helps motivate people is believing in them and showing them a perspective of themselves that they're unable to see. We have these blind spots and you bringing that vantage point to them, I think really helps a person's soul. Yeah, I like that. I like that because I'll be honest with you, man. Like, I grew up in an environment where it was very competitive and uh, everyone else was trying to put each other down. So it's like I learned that, uh, one, I had to play these mental games with people in order to be able to one-up them and then allow my uh, physical abilities to take, uh, take over on that aspect. But it's sure. like I've grown out of that. I'm not in that anymore. Good. And now, like, whenever I'm with people, I find myself, like, holding back from giving that boost. Like, saying something just to lift them up. And then they'll say something to me, and I'll just stop. I'm like, damn. Like, I, I can't believe that. Why do you like, find yourself, you you or find yourself holding back from giving that advice or motivation? Like, why do you find yourself doing that? Oh, it's like I said, it's just old programming. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like, I'm aware of it. So, like, what you're saying kind of just puts everything into perspective. Like, Happy. that's what's needed. It's needed to lift each other up. It's needed to say those things where it's like, in our heads, we might think, ah, oh, it's nothing. Like, you know, if I tell this person this, it's not going to do anything. But in reality, that might be the thing that that person needs the most within that moment. So True story. Of One of my students from sixth grade 
just reconnected with them. And now it's so it's just so crazy to connect with my students now where we're actually cool because they're like older. They're like seniors in high school now. And I'm like their middle school teacher. So they just vibe with me different now. And I remember randomly they hit me up with a picture in the classroom on a prayer mat on a sajada saying a quote that I told them about excuses about praying. And they had sent this to me. And they said that I still remember what you told me in sixth grade. And by, mind you, this is like seven years later now, right? Because the words that we, we tell a person should never be underestimated, good or bad, good or bad. Sometimes we have these really, we have terrible memory any other time, right? But when someone says something really nasty to you, you remember that forever. Like how many times have you forgotten your phone number, even your own name sometimes? You always forget those things. But when someone said something bad to you, you always remember that. And maybe we need to learn how to manage our memories a little better and try to remember the positive and the good things that we've learned from encounters with people. Sometimes our brain just has this Velcro mechanism that only absorbs what someone might have said that might have, you know, could have been potentially considered negative. But we need to remember that perhaps it was a negative. They were just feeling a specific way and they just unleashed whatever they wanted to say onto you. So a lot of times when people say something mean or harsh to you, we take it really personal. When the, the, the matter of reality is, it's not personal. It's how they're feeling about themselves and they just take it on to you. How many of you guys out there, including myself or your listeners out there, are really like had a bad day and they took it out on someone they really loved or cared about, right? The person who they took it on or takes it personal, but the truth is it's not personal. It's how they were feeling. So we need to be mindful that when we say something, we got to remember that this could be with them for the rest of our lives. And there's angels recording what we're saying. So let's be a little bit more mindful with how we come off to people and just come from a little bit more a place of empathy uh, and, and compassion when we speak to others. Yeah, inshallah, inshallah. SubhanAllah, it reminds me of a quote I heard from Jordan Peterson where he said that people don't know how little motivation other people need. They need such little mm. motivation. If you could just give that little bit to them, they'd be so much better off, subhanAllah. Facts, and, um, facts. It's, it's so important that we understand, you know, the communal acts, uh, at least to one another, that we are um, maybe not obligated uh, to do. Maybe we are, wallahu alam. But for sure, we should at least be taking the, um, the steps towards, you know, motivating other people. But how about internally? personally to our own selves how do we keep ourselves in check how do we keep ourselves motivated you know bro that's something that i personally have been fighting with a lot it's something that has bothered me it's bugged me as, as i'm sure it bugs a lot of your listeners out there um because sometimes going back to what i said earlier we have negative self-talk to ourselves we're already feeling in a specific way we're already having specific feelings towards ourselves. And all of a sudden we have the talk to match how we're already feeling because we're already in a specific state. I know one thing that helps me personally is that if I am able to get a few things done during my day, I feel like, like a success. So if there's someone out there struggling with wondering, like, you know, like, how do they feel more successful about themselves? Well, give yourself something to feel proud of, right? Do something to make yourself feel proud of. And that could be, hey, I went to the gym today. I prayed Fajr today. I went to the gym today and I read some Quran. Whoa, mashallah. For some people, they're having, some people might be dealing with, you know, bipolar disorder or depression and just them getting out of bed. That was a success. Believe it or not, like it's crazy what's happening of the chemical imbalances and the things that are going on in our minds and our hearts that for them getting out of bed was a success. I say, try your best to 
your victories. Try your best to just be happy with your victories a little bit because let's suppose this is our goal right over here, okay? And this is where we start from. And perhaps we're like right over here before getting to our goal. We think we're going to appreciate things when we get to our goal and when we look back at things. I would argue wherever you are, look backwards, look downwards as to how far you've come. See the growth in you as a person. See how much you're, 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 you know, how much you're developing and becoming. Because if you start giving yourself a little bit more credit, if you start finding reasons to be a little bit more proud about yourself, finding reasons to celebrate certain small wins because small wins lead to the bigger victories. Celebrate the small wins. And that's going to help you win and get the larger victory, win the battle itself too. So why not look at our lives and say, hey, what are some areas that I can be proud of in my life, right? Whether I spoke to my mom really kindly today, I was really obedient to my parents today, whether I pray my salah on time today, or I even attempted to read the Quran today. Find reasons to be happy with yourself, to be proud of yourself, and to make it like a little checklist that, you know what, give yourself a little pat on the back because, you know, mashallah, I'm making strides in the right direction while being honest with yourself. So to answer that question, my bro, I would just genuinely say, find reasons to be proud of yourself. Find the little wins and the victories because you have them. You just have to speak to yourself in a more kinder way and, and just remind yourself that, hey, you're making the progress, you're doing what you have to do, and inshallah, everything is going to be all right. That, that works for me at least. Yeah, inshallah. Honestly, mashallah, jazakallah khair, amazing advice. It actually really reminds me of something that uh, both Fayed and Anhil were telling me when I asked about this, when I inquired myself. And Fayed, why don't you, why don't you talk about um, the whole negative um, negative thoughts and energy drainage and all of that that you were telling me about bro i would but we went all in in the previous episode oh well, really? i'll give yeah i'll give you like a little snippet but before that i had a quick question on my mind i don't want to forget it but for somebody yeah, that yeah. is struggling right now with let's say their speech right we know today rap music looking at you know tv shows people are cussing bro left and right Nobody has that haya in their in their speech, in their in their words, in their choice of words. Some people might say it's very cathartic, right? To use use some words. Other people might say, oh, everyone's doing it. So what difference does it make that I don't swear? Mm. So what advice would you give to a brother or sister struggling with that? I think it all comes down to your standard. I have a really good brother of mine. He's a little brother of mine. And you know, there's moments where in their speech, you know, they might curse. They might say drop an f-bomb or something like that and look i'm not perfect i've done it too you know what i mean uh, none of us are perfect over here we've all been in a frustrated situation where even the best of us maybe curse or say something or let loose with our speech just a slight bit and i remember speaking to this brother and i'm just telling him not in the moment not in the moment because you've got to be coach you got to know when to correct the person and this is what the messenger salsa was so good at he knew when to correct you in front of people might not be the best idea maybe privately through a text maybe something on the sly might be a better idea so i remember talking to him and immediately he was just like yeah you're right i know and all that i said listen bro just be mindful you see there's something about being self-aware and mindful that helps us become more responsible in our speech okay and sometimes we got to make excuses for the person that perhaps they were feeling uh, a little overwhelmed, maybe a little frustrated, and it slipped out of their tongue. And give them the benefit of the doubt. Think highly of them. Let them know that, listen, when you speak like that, it actually brings your value down. Because I'm surprised when you curse just because you don't, your, 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 your frame, your face, and all this, it doesn't seem like the person of someone who does curse or uses that type of language. So when you said that, it sort of took, uh, you know, took me back a little bit. When you put people in a, in a situation where you think really highly of them, 
that's when they start thinking highly of themselves sometimes. And you're right, my bro. Uh, you know, if I, you, you made a good point about, you know, the company that we're in, sometimes it's just the norm. Well, that means that we got to upgrade the company that we're in, you know? And I've been around people who curse so much that it came into my vocabulary once. And I, and I didn't realize that, whoa, this actually infiltrated my vocabulary. And sometimes when we are around the wrong people, around the wrong friends, and the messenger وسلم, gave us very clear parameters or, of who you should consider a friend and who we should give this rare title to. We shouldn't just like call everyone our besties. That's not how it should be. Friendship is a title that should be very unique and specific to a person. So if you call someone a friend, do they remind you of Allah? Do they remind you to fear Allah? Do they remind you of the day of judgment? There's certain qualities that they need to have to be considered your friend. It's an elite title that a person should have. But when you're around people who are not the best of influences, then sometimes the same way if you're in a house of a person who smokes cigarettes, you might not even take a drag yourself, but your jacket, your coat, your clothes, everything comes smelling like that little cigarette smell. So if you're around the wrong people, naturally, their standards become yours, okay? So if their standards are to curse, your standards become to curse. If their standards are to be rude to their parents, your standards become rude to your parents. So I would always challenge a person to see who your company is because I promise you, you would never see me around people who are not at a level that I'm trying to bring them up to or a level that I'm trying to get to. I'm never below anyone else from that level. And I'm sure you guys are too. You make sure that who's in your circle of friends and who's in your company because you want to make sure that you want to benefit and they could get some benefit from you too. So a person who's struggling out there with the speech, I would ask you, what's the source of this? What's the source? It probably is your friend. It probably is the music like you mentioned, my bro. So if that's the case, ask yourself, what are your standards? Are you okay with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Taking this tongue and asking it a specific question, how can this tongue that makes dua, that prays to Allah, that recites Quran, be the same tongue that curses? It just doesn't make sense. And it's just a complete oxymoron to why Allah created this tongue for you. And if you are protecting that which between your jaws and between your legs, your private parts and your, your tongue, Allah will promise you paradise. So perhaps this is your struggle. This is your test. And if you protected and safeguarded your tongue, your speech, maybe this is what's going to cause you to enter Jannah. Who knows? Allah. Yeah, I like the fact oh. that you said... Make sure, you make sure when you have releases, it has to have a clickbaity title. It has to have a clickbaity... Uh, thumbnail, all that sort of stuff. Because you would be, you gotta have that sort of stuff. Listen, yeah, listen, yeah. listen, bro. When we started YouTube, I'm gonna say this, you know, drop this in before Anhel takes over. I was kind of like, you know, content's the only thing that matters. Putting a video out, you know, and we were doing okay. We were getting some numbers, but I realized at one point I was having a conversation with Anhel, and we realized like it is a game, right? Like just like you yeah. said, the competition. YouTube really is a game, and if you don't play the game. You lost by definition. Sure. So you got to play the game. Sure. To get good at the game, you need to do numbers. So we started putting a little bit of effort. We're not going to use like weird clickbait that has nothing to do with the video. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. You got to stay true and authentic. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Mm. Definitely. I'm glad you mentioned mm. that, my bro. And hey, what were you saying, bro? I'm loving the hat, by the way. I just want to say that. Hey, you want I'll it, bro? I'll send it over Let's to go, you. Sons. Inshallah. Inshallah. Sons. You, five, you rooting for the Sons as well? That's my team, bro. That's my team. I'm from Phoenix, Arizona, bro. I've been. I've been through the worst with these teams, bro. Like we've been the laughing stock for a very long time, a very, very long time. But alhamdulillah, things have turned, things have gotten better. So it's feeling good to be a Suns fan, man. But at the end of the day, it's in the hands of Allah. And, you know, I don't want to, you know, it's, it's just basketball at the end of the day. Like no matter how much I care about them, love them, it's still a fitness.
that's still a test for me because this same team has been I've been struggling to wake up for Fudger because of these guys because these East Coast games, bro, are no joke. Feel me? So, you know, sounds all the way though. Inshallah, we win though. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. I feel you, man. I, I was just with my boy, and he's rooting for the Suns as well. He wants to see uh, Chris Paul get a ring. Yeah. Oh yeah, wait, that'd be nice, bro. Because there's... is he on the yeah, Suns Chris or is Paul, he on definitely. the other one? Yes, sir. Yeah, yes, sir. Yeah, yes, he sir. Is. And you know, he is on the Suns. There's something about rooting for the person who's been patient. Right. There's something about being patient and seeing the people who are patient win. that's why the messenger story is so amazing, because he was patient. He was patient. He was patient. Getting stoned and dive. All this drama happening to him. And then all of a sudden he goes to Medina and things just get so much better. But we wouldn't appreciate it. He wouldn't appreciate it if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the second day took him to Medina. Like, that's not how life works. We got to be patient. We got to enjoy that underdog story. We got to enjoy the struggle because when things are going to get better, you're going to, what, what's, what's creating this muscle, even with you guys, even with me struggling to get the views, you know, struggling to get people's attention, that's teaching you a muscle so that when you do break through, you're stronger than the rest because it's developing your character. For everyone else who just got it on the first shot, you know, maybe they just got some clout. Maybe the heads got bigger. And when tough times and calamities came about their way, they don't know how to deal with it. But you and I, we got that muscle. We know how to go through it. How do we deal with these waves? How do we deal with lower numbers? Because it's making us stronger. And there's something mm-hmm. about being patient, being patient, and then getting the fruit, which tastes so much better. So stay patient, That's stay right. hungry, and inshallah, things are coming your way. Inshallah, bro. Mm-hmm. What, you, what you achieve is not, not nearly as important as who you've become in the process. No, no, mm-hmm. definitely, definitely. And some people lose well, themselves in the process. Mm-hmm. Going back to what you were saying, though, about the uh, language, I like how you said that you got to be mindful because I, I was telling Fire that a while back, like during Ramadan, I had took it upon myself. I was, you know what? I'm going to have a real clean tongue this Ramadan. I'm not going to curse. And uh, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and act like I didn't. But I did my best. And what I noticed is that I would be super, super mindful and it would actually make me more present and more like in tune with uh, my thoughts and just the conversations that I was having with other people. But man, just being mindful, that's that's a huge one to be able to to get past it. So I'm glad you uh, you mentioned that one. Bro, bro, for sure. And one thing I would challenge you and, you know, challenge you to just push you a little bit further is that if you do slip, apologize in the moment. Wallahi, Mm -hmm. there's something about associating pain and pleasure that the human being is with that makes us act different. So if, if if it would cause you pain to own your mistake in front of people and you end up doing it, just to avoid that pain in the future, you're going to make sure that your tongue doesn't curse again. So if you do end up slipping or whatever, it's a mistake it has. It's from me, Allah forgive us. It happens. It's a mistake. Um, but if you do end up making that mistake, just say, "Excuse me, I'm sorry about that." Sorry, excuse yeah, me, sorry about nah, that. I mean, just quickly, man. man ask, it makes ask people fire, respect bro. you even more. To be honest, no, no, as fire, bro. Every time I curse, I'm like, "Oh, stop for Allah." There we go. And, yeah, there we they go. would be wow. like, "Oh, bro, it's all right." Like I'm like, "No, no, no, no." I know it's all right, but I'm the one that said that I don't want to do this, so I feel like I'm going against myself. But more importantly, I'm going against Allah. If I said that no. I'm not going to do it and I go and I do it, no. No. you know, no. No. that's no. why, bro, that's why as Muslims, we, we have to dress a certain way. We can't, we have to talk a certain way. We can't just be like everyone else. We can't just be like mainstream uh, status quo, because a lot of the time, especially today, unprecedented status quo is actually not 
really resourceful for anyone's mental health, you know, physical health, just self-improvement, nothing. So it's, it's in our best interest yeah. that we try to stay to the teachings of Allah. Definitely, bro. It's in our own benefit, like you said, and it's our, it's our user manual. If you're not going to, you know, use that manual, my question is what other user manual are you using? Because you definitely are. We as human beings are programmed for guidance. It's just how we are. We look up to certain people. This, you know, this isn't new. Having celebrity culture isn't new. This is something that's always been within us for people to look up to. So, the, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always sent the best of human beings so that you could admire and look up to. But guess what? If someone really wants to admire Isa alayhi salam, I'm sorry, but it's just not there. It's just not recorded. It's just not present for you to really model yourself after this man's character, even though I'm sure he had an amazing character. If you want to model yourself after Musa Islam, I'm sorry, but you just can't model yourself as a perfect human being after him, not because he wasn't a perfect human being, just because the technology available at the time didn't exist for them to record his, his, the way he stood up, the way he you know, dressed, the way he walked, the way he moved, the way he spoke. It just didn't exist at the time. So, the, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent the best of human beings, the best of mankind to us, the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Muhammad. Peace and blessings be upon him. And everything about this man is recorded so that we can emulate him to our best abilities from our diet, through our physique, through everything that we want to do. And this is a claim that no one else can make about their prophet. And guess what? That's what gives us a level above other people. And the hadith, knowing about the sunnah and the sirah is, bro, what makes our religion so much more uh, fruitful and beautiful because other people don't have this. Mashallah, mashallah. Bro, next thing on my mind is tell us a few things that you've learned being a father. Wow. I, I, bro, I've learned. I've learned a lot of things, man. I, I've learned, one, I'm not, I'm not the man that I want them to look up to. And that's something that really took time for me to admit. And it, it, even it hurts to admit it now in front of a podcast, in front of so many people, uh, you know, potentially watching this, that I wasn't the man that I wanted my children to to see or to be and the cool thing about that is that it pushed me uh to become better because uh true story when my 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 eldest was born dua and i was holding her you know and i wanted to just hold her and recite quran read quran and recite it i didn't know how to and her being born pushed me to go and learn Quran. So I then after that, I just sat in the masjid. I got the teachers. I, let, I, I didn't stop until I was able to recite Quran, you know? So what, what I'm saying, the reason I'm just giving you that, that's just one example, right? Of who I'm trying to be. But what I've learned as a father is that I'm not perfect. I'm not this, you know, ideal person that I want to be yet, but I'm working in that direction. And whether you are or you're not, there's people who are looking up to you. These children look up to you. You are their everything, believe it or not. And it is my responsibility, uh, along with you know, my wife's responsibility and our family unit's responsibility to make sure that we're raising these children upon the Quran and the Sunnah. Because the same way that I'm competing for their attention YouTube is competing for their attention and there's so many other things and they're going to start school soon too. So I'm learning as a father that I need to do my absolute best to be the role model that I actually want them to see. And that starts with me making sure that my speech around them is right. Bro, uh, Angel, if you really want to make sure that you don't curse though, be around some children, bro. When you have some children, I promise you, bro, because if these kids say something, they're going to be like, they heard it from one of us. You feel me? So you're teaching them without knowing. And I, and I realized being a father that I am the ultimate teacher for them because they are learning from me. 
And that just caused me to be a little bit more on my, you know, P's and Q's, just, you know, cross my T's, dot my I's a little bit more just because I know someone's watching me even more. And they're sponges. So, you know, it's just, it's just, they're so influential and easily influ influential and they're easily influenced. And I just have to make sure that I am being the best of influences upon them. So that's something I learned. That's beautiful. I feel like, I feel like your energy is uh, trying to explode. And I feel like it, the real you would be standing up. Listen, 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 the real one. Listen, I find trouble. I don't like sitting. It's just something about me. I don't, I like standing up and just being there. My tripod wasn't aligning correctly for my webcam mm -hmm, that I'm using. Mm -hmm. Otherwise I'd be standing around and just going nuts, you know, but, but I, I appreciate you guys. I really wish that we could just like, sit down and have this 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 podcast you know like i want to mm -hmm. i want to give a shout out to my brother ty uh who put me on to you guys uh and uh, he was the one who actually hit you guys up saying that hey you need to get this guy over here and uh that's a revert friend of mine and uh, uh you know i just have so much love for him respect for him because uh, I'm, I'm assuming you're a revert correct Yes. And bro, mm -hmm. dealing and the struggles of a revert are not easy. So shout out to you. Shout out to Ty. Shout out to all the reverts out there for doing their hardest to stay on their Dean while their entire surroundings are not on their Dean. You know, parents mm -hmm. are not bringing the halal food inside the fridge. And there's so many other things. Eve feels like you're all alone. There's so many things going on. But shout out to all the reverts out there. Your patience is what's going to take you to paradise. So just stay strong. Yeah, 100%, man. And that's actually how I found your video. Fire sent me the one you made about your tattoos. Mm. And your, your clickbaity title was, uh, I'm getting rid of all of them or something like that. <laughs> yeah, but, um, bro, it's like I have tattoos all over my body. And if I were to get the surgery, or not surgery, but the laser removal, that's over 150K. That's over 10 years of getting this, this treatment done. It's like for what? Wow. For wow, and people don't people don't even realize the pain and the amount of procedures, the amount of times that you have to go for one setting. Because each no. tattoo, depending on color, depending on age, has a different amount of like sessions that they need, and it mm -hmm. hurts. And have you ever seen the blisters that happen after that, bro? Mm -hmm. They are scary looking. They're scary, mm -hmm. and they scar the body way worse than any tattooing does. But however, right? What's a cheaper alternative is something called tauba. It's something called istighfar. That's a cheaper alternative because. What happens is I, I found that a lot of people, and this is something, may Allah bless all those who actually choose to go down the path of tattoo removal. I mean, good for you. But to make it a requirement, to, to make it seem like you're more sincere than I am or I'm not sincere enough because I haven't done it, it's absolutely false. Because if, if we're not talking about the money, forget the money. If we're not talking about the pain, forget the pain. The fact that I and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have sorted it out, what's it to you? You know what I mean? The problem is that people are expressing their own pains onto you, whether it's jealousy because they always wanted one, but they can't have one and they hate you for having one and being on your dean. Whether there's jealousy of how can this guy have best of both worlds? He can't have his cake and eat it too, have tattoos and you talk about Islam. People don't like that. People don't like to see the fact that, you know, that, that a person's doing well and they could turn back to Allah and they could have a past behind them. But in all honesty, Angel, I think that what, that's what makes you a little bit more cooler, attractive, more. I, I want to get to know more about you. If I'm about the dean, I'm studying. I want to know, bro, tell me more about you. Tell me more about your story. You know, imagine how much da'wah that is. Imagine how many youth could come to that. And at the same time, it's not like you're saying you're proud of them. In fact, you're not proud of them, but they made you who you are. 
each tattoo, each scar tells a different story about who you used to be. And alhamdulillah, if it wasn't for who you used to be, you wouldn't be the person in front of me right now. So we need to celebrate our past a little bit more. Stop hating on yourself a little too much. Stop regretting it to the degree where you hate the person that you were. Yes, you hate who you were, but you got to love the person that you've become. Because of that, you got to love who you become right now. And who you become right now is a servant of Allah, is a worship of Allah. You are not your past. You are not your tattoos. You're not your sins. They don't define who you used to be. What defines you is your salah. What defines you is your love of Allah, love of Islam, love of his messenger, alayhi salam. So, you know, whoever is struggling with tattoos out there or has a sin of something that seems noticeable, don't let that drag you down. Don't take it personal. People just expressing their own ill feelings that they have about themselves onto you. They're projecting mm -hmm. onto you. So don't take it personal. Just know that be patient with this and Allah SWT will take care of the rest. And your patience is elevating your status in paradise. So keep on and carry on. Amen. 100%. I feel too that... A lot of people have the good intention to mm. give the nasiha, to give the advice. But it's like, look, you should only give nasiha, at least in my opinion, you should only give nasiha if you yourself are doing everything possible to take care of yourself mm. and your deen and the way that you're doing mm. things. Because if not, if you're not doing everything possible, well, then you giving someone else nasiha is, is kind of empty. It's kind of a incomplete if you know what i mean and it's can I, can I, yeah, definitely i'm sorry ahead. i didn't mean to cut you off i want to i want to push your thinking a little bit so let's suppose <clears throat> i'm maybe watching pornography i'm doing may allah protect us from pornography from zina from all these other haram things that we can do per, uh, privately Allahumma i mean let's suppose i'm watching pornography i know it's haram i feel bad about it. it's haram the first thing is the fact that i feel bad even if I might be continue to do it, there's a sense of iman in there that means that there's something I could I could fight this. I could do this with the right help, of course. I could fight it. And let's suppose you come to me with the problem of pornography, or I see you watching porn, or I find out that you're watching porn. Should I not give you the nasiha to stop? Yeah, you should. There we go. There we go. Even even if I'm not following my own nasiha, I should still give you. However, that doesn't that doesn't mean I shouldn't practice what I preach. It means that there's certain times, nasiha, certain sins, certain, you know, the gravity of that sin is so much that I got to stop you even if I'm one who commits it myself. I got to still stop you from doing it. Mm -hmm. Yes, we're never going to be perfect, you know? But the problem is that when these people are giving the nasiha and they have good intention, thank you, bro, Angel, for pointing out the fact that they do have good intentions because they do. Because they absolutely do. And we as people, we should remember our deen is nasiha. We should assume that they have good intentions. We should assume that someone is telling us about the tattoos or about something out of, out of love. Okay, baby. Thank you so much. I love you. I'm sorry. You, you, know, you came in. You had, to, you had to tell me something because we're, we're fasting right now. She's telling me about the food that's going to be ready for Bunk, inshallah. So, so she's like, so anyway, going back to it, right? You know, Sometimes the nasiha is great and everything, and we should always take the nasiha. We should always take the nasiha because they mean good by it. But at the same time, the person giving the nasiha, if we're giving nasiha, we also, like you said, need to check ourselves. Check ourselves, protect ourselves from the hypocrisy. So that's an mm -hmm. excellent point that you mentioned, my bro. Mm -hmm. And to add to that, my bad, Rami, I feel like you, you've been wanting to go in here. So let me just add one little bit here. So 
<laughs> to add on to like this last thing here, everything that we've said is 100% true. And then it's it's all about the delivery. So if, if the person is checking themselves, if the person is doing everything possible, their delivery of that nasiha is going to be a lot more impactful, a lot more powerful, yes. and a lot more pure than if they are not really checking themselves. They are, you know, they, yes, they're kind of being hypocrites here. You know what yes. I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And and we look, when we give the siha, we just need to do it in the most beautiful manners possible with the most emotional intelligence possible, with the most amount of patience possible. Like, Angel, if I saw you something doing something, right, that wasn't didn't need major correction right now, right? It wasn't like a major, major sin. It needs correction, but not at this moment. It's not detrimental to you, Dean. It's something that it could improve you, Dean, but it's not detrimental. And let's suppose I know that Rami has a better relationship than I do with you. It's not necessary that I got to give you the, the advice or the nasiha and hell. Sometimes I can ask Rami to do it for you or someone who's closer to you because you would listen and take Rami's nasiha a little bit more serious, perhaps, than you would take mine, who's a complete stranger to you. You understand? So with our nasiha, we need to be more intelligent that, hey, what is it that's more important to me? Me giving the nasiha or them actually applying it? A lot of us sometimes just want to be right and say, I gave him the siha and they didn't take it. So that means they're wrong. Uh, you know, they, oh, you know, Yani, Ahi, I gave them the siha, but they're not listening to us. They don't listen. Ahi, they're not sincere. Sometimes we just want to give them the siha for the sake of the siha to say we did it. And even if they're not ready to take it, bro, the siha is a seed that you plant. If you think that there's going to be a tree or plant, as soon as you plant it, it is your problem, not theirs. Give it some time. Water it. Be nice to it. Become friends with them. Help them in the process before just planting a seed and be like, yo, where's it at? Where's the tree at? So being mindful with your nasiha, being intelligent with your nasiha, mm -hmm. and going back to the example of Hassan Hussein, uh, anhum, you know, guess what? The, they saw a man performing wadu incorrectly. They could have been, they could have flexed that, you know, they're the grandchildren of the messenger. So I said, me, 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 I could do whatever I want to say and say to you, you have to listen to me because I know better than you do. But they didn't do that. They made it in a clever way that one, they're saying, hey, can you settle this debate between us? You know, I say the wadu is this way. He's saying wadu is this way. Can you watch us both and tell us who's doing it correctly? And upon seeing that the man realized what he was doing and was able to do the correction, he self-corrected himself. So we need to be more mindful when it comes to these nasihas. Alhamdulillah. One quick, uh, one quick thing on my mind, bro. At this point, Rami's never going to go. Uh, <laughs> my bad, bro. So if we have a man or a woman who is a revert, they have converted to Islam, accepted the deen, and they're trying to get on deen. How can they now put their people on deen? Should they? Should they not? Does it matter? Um, let's say parents, friends, what should they do? You know, the messenger saw some in the second revelation that was given, which was in Surah Al-Mudathir, where the messenger, alayhi salam, was instructed to get up in the middle of the night. And to pray to Allah Azza Then he was instructed to go and spread the deen itself too. I think that a lot of times reverts and anyone who has a lot of love for the deen always wants to help others before they help themselves first. You know, when a person is waking up for the hajjid at that time, like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is recommended. At that time, no one else is up between you and Allah. That's it. It's just yatu. You know what I mean? And that gives you a lot of time for self-reflection and for you to work on yourself before you start going to work on other people. Because there's a saying that, you know, you can't fill someone else up with a half 
a pitcher. I completely butchered that saying, but something <laughs> about a pitcher. And if you're half empty and you're trying to fill, so it's something like that. I butchered it completely, but it's something like that, right? When you wake up at the Hajjit, as like the messenger's hostel is being recommended to do before he's instructed to go give the da'wah, it allows him to do his meditation, his self-reflection, to write himself, to center himself before tackling on the da'wah. So my advice to anyone who has a lot of love for the deen, a lot of compassion for the deen, a lot of energy towards the deen, uh, or is a revert. It just wants to spread the message of Islam because that's what they want to do. And they love it. And they want to uh, spread that love. Make sure that you write yourself first, at least during the day, before inviting other people. Because I myself invited people in the most wrongful way possible. I invited people to Islam in the harshest way, the wrongest way. I think I put people off from Islam. The same way that you see me now able to speak to people, to put people on, make them have a love for the deen. I did the exact opposite in the beginning. I used to push people away from the deen so harsh. Like they said, yo, you're the reason I don't want to be a Muslim. Astaghfirullah. May Allah forgive me for that. You know, sometimes we get so excited that we don't have the packaging for it. You know, so being a little patient with your da'wah is good. I mean, the messenger awesome didn't receive the second revelation until a long period of time, which gave him time to appreciate, to learn, to reflect. So, you know, just because you accepted Islam doesn't mean that you immediately have to give out da'wah with your speech, with your actions is a great way to give da'wah at first. You know, when you're still learning about your deen, give, uh, give da'wah with the actions. Don't be too quick to jump in and start teaching people about the deen because we all are still learning in this process. Yeah. MashaAllah. Rami, yeah. bro. <laughs> I mean, if, if it's not if it's not now, then it's gonna be never. So go on. Uh, firstly, I want to say I don't mind not speaking. That's why I'm not really, you know, pushing for it. If I thought my point was urgent, then I'd get it out there, inshallah. But it's just a little <laughs> add-on. And that question, mashallah, I'm glad I didn't go because of how important that that question was. So jazakallah khair um, to you for asking for uh, as you for answering. May Allah bless all of you. Um, I was just going to say on the point of the tattoos and everything, the difference between a tattoo and, and every other sin, right, is it's, it's, it stays with you. It's, it's on your body, right? The same way a woman wears her hijab and it's very clear she's a Muslim, a person may wear a tattoo and it's very clear that, okay, perhaps they had a jahiliya. It's very obvious. But mm. to, to attack that way of thinking, it's like, subhanAllah, imagine, just think about the Sahaba, anhum. all the Sahaba that didn't accept Islam as children and who weren't born into Islam, what do you think they were doing before they accepted Islam? Khalid ibn Walid was fighting against the Muslims. He led the, 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 um, the attack on Uhud when uh, the archers went down from the hill. Wow. Wow. Them. Wow. The same Muslim that ended up leaving, uh, leading the Muslims to victory later on. So you're going to sit here and be like, oh, this guy has tattoos, you know, this, that, the other, you know, maybe you kicked them out of the masjid because of that. Wow. Which. Yeah happened which has definitely happened before and, and can i just say to add to the point bro yeah. that's one of the biggest reasons that stops people from coming to the dean that right there the fear of judgment the fear of their sins the fear of their sins being too much for allah's mercy and going back to khalib bin walid so khalib bin walid's brother comes to medina right and the messenger he says take me to the messenger alayhi salam so anyone when they came from mecca they came to show. They came to show their loyalty to to, to Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi and coming and explain to himself. And and the messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi he knew who who was the leader. He knew who was attacking who. He knew everything. And when he saw his brother, he asked the question to him about Khalid bin Walid. He said, "Where's Khalid?" 
Where's Khalid? Someone so intelligent as Khalid not being a Muslim just, just doesn't make sense. And it wasn't until this happened that we seen Khalid bin Walid entering the city of Medina. And he comes to the messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and he tells the people, take me to the messenger, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And when he goes to, uh, to uh, uh, you know, uh, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he says, Ya Rasulullah, I've done this. I've killed the Muslims. I've attacked the Muslims. I've, you name it. You name it. You think tattoos are bad. Killing Muslims? Come on, bro. Leading armies to kill? Strategizing how to destroy you? You think this is bad? Please. You need to study a little bit more. He said, I've done this. I've done this. I've done this. How? How can I be forgiven? And the messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, responds to Khalid and Walid. It says, yeah, Khalid, don't you know that Islam forgives everything? So I'm asking you out there, listener, don't you know that Islam forgives everything? You think it's the tattoo that's stopping you? You think it's your jahiliyyah that's stopping you? Or is it you sincerely turning back to Allah? Is it you having the humility to own your mistakes and say, Allah, I'm ready to come to you. Allah, I'm ready to start fresh. Allah, let's make this happen. Let me submit to you, Ya Rabbi, because I was wrong, but now I'm ready to right my wrongs. Which one is it? Because Allah is ready to forgive you. The question is, are you ready to ask for that forgiveness? Allah. Powerful, man. Powerful. That's the coming up, bro. That's the coming up. Yeah. And guys, if you made it this far, don't be salty that the clickbaity thumbnail or title that you saw isn't actually what went on. We got to do it to you. <laughs> you made it this far, though, so it's all that matters, right? You, you like, made it this far. Yes, sir. Their program, they don't even know. It's like sometimes I'm going through SQ's um, timestamps. And I'm just like, bro, why am I even reading this? <laughs> yeah. yeah, just like, you know, you just you just go through them. And then, but and you know, then one what thing it says I have to say, one, you know, as, you as this podcast is coming to an end, bro, I, as, as this podcast comes to an end, I just want to say I'm so honored and humbled that you guys invited me to this. Um, you know, honest to God, like, I just appreciate you guys so much. And I appreciate what you guys are doing for the Ummah, for the youth. Because they need, we need diversity. We need people who could see themselves in an Anhel. We need people who could see themselves in a Rami, in a Fayad. You know what I mean? We need people. People see themselves in you. And I know we are not, we're, we're not telling people to look up to us. We know that. But there's something about representation that makes it more attractive, you know? There's representation. And I see three beautiful brothers, mashallah, with such a dynamic representation that makes Muslims for all walks of life to be like, I can vibe to this. I can, I can, I can really, you know, go on with this right over here. I could, I could get with this because this Islam thing shows how many people are connected in different ways. So I'm just so honored. I'm so humbled that you guys even chose to invite me. And I pray that this is not the last podcast, rather this is the first of many. And I hope that I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a special guest uh, many times on your podcast, because honest to God, you guys are just such awesome people. And this was a lot of fun. And uh, if anyone did make it over here, which I know a lot of people would have made it over here, just know that if you need anything whatsoever, I want to make myself fully available to you all. Uh, just message me, DM me on instagram and just say hey i came from the three muslim podcast okay say hey sq i heard your thing i came from three muslim podcast flag me and i'm just going to flag anyone who comes from this podcast so you have direct access to me you dm me immediately i'll respond to you as well inshallah and just make sure you say you came from this podcast so i could give you that type of uh sort of uh you know treatment just because i appreciate you guys so much and i appreciate you guys having me on this podcast as well it's like we we should give people a qr code 
<laughs> type type in uh hold up i got the uh this thing on here type in sq6b2 to get 15 percent off that's it that's it type code. in sq6b2 yes, for the sir. discount code on your on your black seed oil you know whatever yes, it is sir, some, some weird bombs right now uh-huh. you already know you already know listen right, guys also right. i appreciate you and you know your your audience are probably seeing these zumzums just know uh we basically are the first people to ever in the history of Zumzum's release to ever commercially import Zumzum on such a massive scale into America and in Canada. Prior to this, this never happened. And we brought this for two reasons, to give access to Zumzum water to Muslims in America and Canada and to help the Ummah because 100% of the profits that get sold from these bottles go straight to helping build a free public school in Palestine. I'm a school teacher for nearly a decade, so I know what it takes to run a school, how important schooling is, and we want to build a free public school in Palestine. So whoever buys Zamzam from us immediately is going towards the profits are going straight to them. And inshallah, August 1st, we are traveling to Palestine, inshallah, to search for the land that we're going to build this school upon, guys. So I appreciate you guys letting me plug this in. This water over here gave the Meccans financial freedom. When Abu Muttalib found in a dream where this water was, prior to that, they were getting skinned. They were just losing so much money. They weren't allowed to get the water. But when Abu Muttalib found where the water was because it was it was like uh, lost for a while. This gave Mecca the power. They put them back in the driver's seat and it gave them the financial freedom to become the nation that they became. And we are doing the same thing by bringing accessibility to this water to Muslims, Amer- American and Canadians. And just the Ummah, we want to bring financial freedom to us. Today's Palestine. Next time, it's Yemen. Next time, it's building water wells in Gambia. Next time, it's putting solar panels in, you know, Ghana. It's building free food pantries in Yemen so people could just come and eat and get the food and ration their food free without ever having to ask any permission all throughout the year. And this is going to bring us, inshallah, the financial freedom uh, by by investing in the Zamzam, getting it for you and your loved ones and your family, and then that money gets invested into the Ummah. So, Jazakallah, guys, I appreciate you allowing me to do this little plug-in. Well, yeah, and oh, yeah. So let's say there's somebody who wants to actually purchase this, inshallah. Where can they go to get some? Great question, my bro. It is at projectzumzum.com. Go to projectzumzum.com. You are one click away from you know you receiving your zumzum, and I promise you, like this is the real authentic. If you've been to uh, Hajj Umar, you know what this is, right, bro? It would mean the world to me if you went and got some Zamzam because you're supporting the project. And at the same time, we're going to Palestine in the first week of August. So we need all the help we could get. The more money we have, the more support we have for this, uh, the, the better we can help, the quicker we can help the Ummah. But may Allah bless you guys. I appreciate you once again. I mean, guys, link in description box. Get your bottle now. Appreciate Thanks that. Allah. Thank you. Thank you. Sir, you don't buy. Sir. Send it to someone who will buy, inshallah. Send it to your family, your uncles, your aunts, inshallah. People who want Zamzam are complaining that, oh, we don't have access to it, Canada, America. Now they do. Mashallah. Only place to ever get it is with us. That's that's just, that's kind of crazy, but it's mm-hmm. only place to ever get it is with us. Any other place is just not available. So I appreciate you all once again. Thank you. Of course, mm-hmm. it's all ours. Those who made it this far, comment down, bring back SQ so we can do more episodes with him, inshallah. Jazakum Let's do it. 
bless you and, and the two brothers with me today. Amen. If you guys don't have any final words. I think the last thing that I want to say, bro, is that I admire your passion. There's a, there's a compliment for you, man. Keep it going. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for, thank you for spreading the goodness, bro. And thank you for uh, saying nice things because you don't know how much I might've needed that. You know what I mean? You don't know how much I might've needed that. So thank you for putting that out there. I appreciate you, my bro. I got you, bro. I got you, bro. And thank you for being here. Yeah, man. Until always, time, always. L- listen, uh, until next time, we're going we're gonna to just go on Instagram and follow each other and do all that good stuff too. We're going to be friends from this day on. Inshallah. Done. Yes, sir. Inshallah. And with that being said, Allahumma atina fi dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana wa akina adhab al-nar. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.